The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And good Sunday morning to everyone out there. This is your life, your money here on 640 Toronto. I'm Chris Creston and joined as always by Kelvin, the money guy. How do you get a hold of him? Visit his website, askkelvin.ca. That's ask K-E-L-V-I-N dot C-A. And you can give him a ring as well. 416-457-7526. That's 416-457-PLAN. But who wants to play telephone tag? Who wants to leave a voicemail? And then, you know, Kelvin's a busy guy, so sometimes you ring that number and he'll get to you right away, but sometimes he's got to call you back uh, You know, to make sure that you've got him locked in at a time of your choosing. Visit askkelvin.ca and you click on the schedule a call link. Boom, you pick the time and the date of the call that you want to have with Kelvin and it's set up. You've got him locked in for half an hour. And that to me is the best way to do these things. You know, who wants to wait on hold? Who wants to play telephone tag? Askkelvin.ca is your source to get a hold of Kelvin, the money guy. That's at askkelvin.ca. Kelvin, how are you doing today? How's, uh, how's your weekend going? Actually good so far, Chris. Good morning. How, how was everything? Good. Trying to stay warm. I think I, I have a dogsicle after letting him out in the backyard this morning. He came back just like frozen. Uh, he, so uh, keep, keep an eye on those guys out there. He doesn't know when he's had enough. That's that's the, the problem. Like we all know we're a little too cold. This guy stays out there chasing the squirrels that for some reason aren't hibernating and birds and neighbors dogs and whatever else is going on and he comes back and he's he is a dog sickle but that's uh you know that is a suburban problem i suppose i have yeah, after true. moving up from the city and uh yeah. luckily i've got a backyard to let my dog out in i don't have to go and brave the cold <laughs> myself so i cannot yeah. complain <laughs> yeah no i hear you nobody cares if you complain anyhow right yeah, exactly <laughs> who would listen <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny, you know, the stock markets the last uh, two weeks has been like the weather cold. Oh yeah, and 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 a little a little uh, uh, slippery depends on uh, <laughs> some downward slopes, and all of a sudden you find yourself up high on a mountain. I'm sort of like skiing in, in a way. There's uh, it's been a wild uh, couple of weeks in the stock market. Yeah, and and you know we finished off the year pretty good. I mean, the average return was about eighteen percent, and. The year before was the same type of thing. And I think people expected the same kind of results, you know, every week, every month. Mm -hmm. But this time, this year, we have to deal with inflation. We've been talking about it for, I don't know, months now. And it finally comes to roost. So, you know, the question is, is inflation a big risk for the stock markets? And Mm -hmm. how do you prepare for it? We know it's happening. They were supposed to raise rates last week. Well, this week that went by, but they put it off for uh, till March. So we know it's going to happen. So we've got two months to prepare for it, right? Now, is it going to go up quite a bit? What's going to happen? Nobody seems to know, but they figure it'll go up, you know, tiny bits, tiny bits over the over the course of the year. In Canada, they say they might raise it maybe five times for the year. In the U.S., maybe three times. So, so we know it's inevitable that it's going to go up. And typically, you know, actually, we didn't have to deal with inflation for um, a long time. 
Um, the last time inflation was the way it is now was about 40 years ago, they say 1982. And typically, when inflation rises the way it did, we typically get about a 10 to 15% drop in the stock markets. Although temporarily, really? it kind of it kind of spooks a lot of people, right? Yeah, yeah. Even the even the words uh, sort of spooked me a little as you say them because you start to think, well, you know, mm -hmm. if I'm paying more for everything because of inflation, and then also the returns in the stock market may not be as strong, that that worries a lot of people. But there's ways to navigate it, ways to make sure that you can come out on top. Well, when, when we have inflation, it's, it's actually a good thing, you know, because it, it represents a strong economic rebound. So it's almost as though, it's almost as though we have to do the opposite of what the news tells us. Like, don't be fearful of it, embrace it, you know, tweak your portfolio and be ready for it. So how do we, how do we prepare? How do we set up our, our investments to take advantage of this? Because remember for every seller, there's a buyer, for every buyer there's a seller. So what do we do? How do we, you know, there's a generation of people that haven't had to deal with inflation. I think, yeah, you know what, you, for, wanted... for me, we've almost had to deal with deflation in a lot of ways. A lot of the stuff mm. that we buy has actually gone down in value. When you think about how much right. it would have cost to buy a new TV, even a car in some ways, other than, you know, housing, I've known a lot of deflation in prices in my life. Um, gasoline, not one of those things. Um, <laughs> the say, cost yeah. of my house, not one of those things. But now we're seeing it across the market and in things that you need to survive on a daily basis. And in those consumer goods that you're buying from the grocery store, from the big box stores, those things are costing more money and they're going to continue mm -hmm. to as a result. And of course, as things cost more money, employees are going to demand more money from their bosses, which is going to in turn cost right. businesses more money and they're right. going to go and seek to make that money back by putting up prices. So it's sort of continues to snowball and it again, freaks a lot of people out, but it doesn't have well, to Well, think. Yeah. Well, think about it. What cost you 45 cents in the year 2000 costs you a dollar 60 today. And if you go backwards to 1980, what cost you, uh, to actually 1970, what cost you 25 cents costs you that today. So inflation, you know, we hear about it. Like, what is it? What is it? What really is it in the real world? Well, I have clients that tell me they paid more for their last car than they did for their first house. Wow. So that's the power of inflation, you know? Um, so we need to prepare for it. So how do we prepare for it? Well, you should maybe do the opposite of what you're probably thinking right now. Um, do the Costanza. Yeah, do the opposite. <laughs> and you'll be, well, you'll be good. There's two key events that really happens when inflation sets, sets around, right? We need to look at the bond market and we need to know what the Federal Reserve and the U.S. are doing, you know, between now and say the year end. One thing we know is that when interest rates go up, bonds go down so they call it a mathematical truism when interest rates go up bonds go down so you need to look at your portfolio and see what you got right um and how to reposition for a possible sell-off right so if you if you kind of think forward and and you know certain things and let history tell us where we're heading and how stocks behave when 
these things happen. The consensus view around the world, or North America anyhow, is that tapering, meaning you know they're going to stop giving money, and a rising bond market will kill off economic growth, and the bull market stops. But you know that isn't really true. Again, it's it's how you think about things. If you if you don't need your money for, you know, three years plus, revamp your portfolio and sit back and enjoy your life and let the markets take over and do what they need to do. Remember, we can't control what happens in the stock market, but we can control what we do. We control how we behave and how our emotions and things like that set in. Um, So when we have interest rates going up, there's certain sectors of the economy that does well. So for example, like value things um, do better when inflation goes up. And growth stocks do good in low inflation. So over the last probably eight years or so, I would say, eight to 10 years, the growth stocks did very, very well. But now I think we need to look at things that we haven't really thought about in the last decade. So so when we have these type of um, stuff that's happening, inflation going up and can't find goods and stuff like that, energy prices do well. Example, look at gas, right? Um, Copper, corn, iron ore, that kind of commodities do really well. So have a look at your portfolio and see what your fund manager is doing and sit back, I say, and, and get ready for the ups and downs. In fact, if you looked at the last two weeks, very volatile. You know, the stock markets from year to date, January 2nd, I guess, till today, uh, it's down about 5%. That's overall. So the question you have to ask yourself is, will it go lower or higher? Well, we don't know. And then maybe after the break, we'll chat about what are the things you need to get ready for? What are the five points that we need to get ready for to actually overcome the rising inflation and not to worry too much? Are you worried about inflation? Well, Kelvin's got a plan for you and how to get make sure that your portfolio is ready so that you can ride the wave and do well in the coming uh, uncertain times as we face some uh, rising inflation, um, interest rates that are more than likely to go up, and all those things that are going to affect the way that your money behaves. We want to make sure that you get on top and that you are earning as much as possible for your family, for your retirement, for whatever. Maybe you're going to buy a boat. Whatever. <laughs> we want to make sure that you can earn the money in your portfolio so that you can spend it on the things that make you happy and the things that you need and that all starts with having a good plan and that all starts with having a good financial advisor kelvin the money guy one of the top in the country and you can visit his website askkelvin.ca that's ask k-e-l-v-i-n dot c-a stay tuned for more your life your money right here on 640 toronto you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You can always reach out to Kelvin by visiting his website, askkelvin.ca. We're going to be talking about RSPs, TFSAs, but we're also going to be talking about the effects of war on the markets and on what your investments. And uh, this is a, a live show, so as things develop, we will definitely be bringing stuff up with you. You may have heard in the newscast that uh, Claude mentioning that uh, the 
um, Russian army has been asked to put uh, up their nuclear deterrence. What does that mean? I'm not 100% sure, but we'll be looking to try to clear that up throughout the day here on 640 Toronto. The other thing that uh, we're reading about is a Reuters reporting that the uh, Ukrainian and Russian officials will be meeting on the Belarusian border at some point, uh, hopefully to talk peace. <laughs> hopefully something comes out of all of that. But in the meantime, we can only sort of look and see what what did all of this do to the markets? What did it do to our investments? And Kelvin, we got you here uh, now to help us understand all this. Kelvin, thanks so much for uh, joining us on this Sunday morning as always. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Everything good? Good on my end. Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. So that is okay. definitely an all improvement right. on the previous segment. <laughs> Yeah, so so I thought before we talk about, you know, to RSP or not to RSP, and I guess in light of the news you just said, you know, how, how do markets respond to acts of war or terrorism? So I went back to 1945 when the atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima and what happened. So the markets didn't go down that much. It went down about 2%, and it lasted for about four days, and everything fixed itself. Then we looked at uh, um, to right to last week, actually. So when North Korea invaded South Korea, the markets went down 12%. Iran evades Kuwait 18%, down 18%. And of course, the terrorist attack went down about 14%. So what it tells us is, you know, financial markets continue to express um, uncertainty around the impact of any you know, further escalations, right? Um, historically, equity markets look past acts of war. So how do they respond? So so while markets uncertainty may persist for some time, there are two important things or messages that we as investors should keep in mind. And one is act of war rarely have large or lasting impacts on markets. Um, you know, periods of heightened uncertainty like we have now are common during times of geopolitical tensions. So, you know, what gets us through all this is a strong investment plan that's designed, you know, to withstand periods of volatility so investors don't have to react. So what we'll notice is that market declines tend to be short. They typically last five to seven days, depending on the situation. So one thing we need to keep in mind is, of course, you know, no one can predict uh, certainty how financial markets will react during a war or other conflicts that we have. So one thing we need to keep in mind is having a long-term view is likely your best ally in times of chaos. And we would not, and we need to remember that there's always opportunity in chaos. So again, sit to your advisor, reevaluate your your where you are, and you know hope that we don't the it doesn't go to what they're saying in the news. And yeah, and if you want to chat, give me a call. If you don't have an advisor, but if you do, sit down with them and see if you're ready to, to your portfolio is ready to withstand whatever may happen. You know, it's interesting, Kelvin, because your advice in this situation, similar to the normal one, is that sort of time in the market it beats timing the market. You're not going to be able to predict. And you know, this is a broad example or a huge example of 
what your people are trying to predict. Sudden fluctuations in the market, big sell-offs, big buy-ins. And right. that's something that you can't really predict. And that's a wave that you're not going to be able to really decide decisively time. But you, if you spend enough time and you've got a you know well-balanced portfolio, you're going to sort of ride mm -hmm. those waves. Now, one of the things that I saw when um, the invasion first began, there are all sorts of people tweeting about buy the dip, you know, like, right. is, is that a strategy? You know, when you're talking about um, when you're mentioning that there's opportunity in chaos, is that where some people are making some opportunity and seeing seeing people rushing out of the markets and saying, well, you know, it's like a fire sale. I, I can I can uh, pick up some stuff here uh, for a little bit cheaper today than I did yesterday and uh, and maybe uh, come out of this looking better. And, and, and that's why you need a professional money manager. Not not me. I'm not a professional money manager. I don't build portfolios and things like that. I kind of guide you and handhold you through all of these ups and downs. So when you buy or have a big fund, mutual fund, seg fund, whatever you may have, you know, those money managers, they're the ones who are buying in the dip. You and I can't because we're not institutional mm -hmm. investors. And this is what separates the men from the boys with investments. When you invest your money yourself, like some of the things you hear on TV about saving fees and so on, um, you know, that this is where you need, you don't need to do it on your own because you can't take advantage of these things. Because the time you're ready to trade and the big institutions ready to trade, guess who gets in first? They do. So this is a lesson learned right. for the average investor to really find a professional money manager and let them manage your money for you. So that you could move on and do things like, should I buy an RSP or not buy an RSP? That kind of stuff. Right. And when, you've, when you're working with a financial advisor, you're working with funds that are doing those things. You're working with mm -hmm. the right funds that are investing at the right times and doing the right things and making the right mix of companies and stocks that will uh, ride the wave and uh, help you come out on the other side. Well, well think about this. From all the wars and uh, terrorist attacks and bad things that happened in the world, over the last hundred years, the stock markets went up 72% of the time. So, what? So, in simple terms, in 10 years, it goes up seven times. So, if you're managing your money properly and you're taking a balanced approach to your money, you might not have to worry too much about these wide swings. Last week was a classic, classic example. Actually, when the pandemic first started, which we forgot about, what happened to the markets? Right. Remember when we did those shows? Yeah, big dip. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed it seemed like dark days, but then all of a sudden, things took off and continued to ride and ride and ride. Will it happen this time with the with the war? I don't know. Who knows? Um, but history does kind of repeat itself, you know. So I think uh, this RSP deadline that's coming up on Tuesday, we really need to sit and think about what do we do? How do we do it? You know, um, is, is the RSP for me or not for me? I don't know. Remember, the RSP was started back in 1957. And the reason it started was the medical community lobbied the government to set up some type of pension plan. Hence, the RSP was born. So along those 61, 62 years, a lot of things changed in our lives. You know, taxes went up. Um, what else? 
lot of lot of you know inflation came along, um, interest rates went up, so a lot of things that happened those years. But we as the investor didn't change. We still buy RSPs. In fact, I believe people buy RSPs for the wrong reason. We have 14 months to buy RSP, right? So guess when most people are going to buy it? On Tuesday, the deadline. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Right when the bell rings, yeah. So we know you're buying it for the wrong reason. You're buying RSPs to save taxes, not growth. So you should be buying your RSPs to grow, not just to save taxes, because the RSP is just a tax deferral. So one day, you're going to have to pay back all that money. The idea was the RSP is more like a teeter-totter, right? Let's put the RSP in when, you're, when your income's high, and let's take it out when it's low. But that really doesn't happen too much anymore because if you're in a 40% tax bracket today, most likely when you retire, you might be in a 35% tax bracket because of inflation and everything else. So what money did you really save? So if the money's not going to grow, then maybe you want to sit back and think, hmm, maybe I should pay down the debt. I don't know. And this is where the financial advisor comes right, so right. Exactly. When you've got someone on your side who's been able to navigate these things for decades, someone like Kelvin, the money guy, and when you think about an RSP, like a teeter-totter, or like a borrowing from yourself in the future so that you can do something, yeah. buy a new TV today or whatever you happen to do with that refund that you get. We'll continue talking about RSPs and uh, touching upon uh, some more to do with the markets and uncertainty and, of course, the uncertainty that comes with uh, the current situation in Ukraine, the invasion. And we will uh, continue here connecting those dots and how those things will affect your markets or your investments and your retirements and the markets in general, but specifically when it comes to your life and specifically when it comes to the, the value that you have in your investments, because that's what matters when the rubber hits the road for us here at Your Life, Your Money. Talking RSPs and talking about the deadline that is approaching and is this year any different than the others? Should you be looking at your RSPs differently? We'll continue here with Kelvin, the money guy here in 640 Toronto. Don't forget, askkelvin.ca is his website. That's askkelvin.ca. Click on the link in the top right-hand corner to schedule a call with Kelvin, and you can have a one-on-one -on -one chat with him at a time and date of your choosing. That's askkelvin.ca. .ca. More of your life, your money, continuing here on 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And thank you all for making us part of your Sunday morning as we continue Your Life, Your Money with Kelvin, the money guy. I'm Chris Creston, and I am the radio guy. It's important to uh, take a look at your RSPs. Think about what you've been doing. I know so many of us have it just sort of on autopilot that we forget about it. Maybe we're doing some automatic withdrawals, but then we start thinking, you know what? Uh, I, I need a bigger refund. I need, uh, Papa needs a new pair of shoes. So I'm going to put some more money into it. And with times being as uncertain as they are, we got to sort of make sure we're you know keeping the eye on the prize and thinking about what that RSP is all about and why we have it and what we're 
really supposed to be doing with it. You know, before the break, Kelvin, you were saying that a lot of people are buying RSPs for the wrong reasons, and uh, maybe we need a little reminder. What, what are the right reasons? What? Why should? Why well, should I be buying my RSPs? Well, you just said it. I mean, for the you, you buy to get a big refund. If you're getting a big refund, it doesn't. It's not really that good. You shouldn't get a big refund because it means your government had your money all year. So you really need to do some thinking. Um, so the RSP limit for this year, for 2021, is $27,830. That's if you're in a big, huge income, right? So, so the RSP works with your marginal tax rate. And what is the marginal tax rate? So, for example, if you make $60,000 a year, you got to pay about $10,000 in, in taxes. You make um, $100,000, you have to pay about $23,000. So your marginal tax rate is... Typically, if you're in a 30% tax bracket, for every dollar you make, the government takes three, 300. For every dollar you make, they take three cents and you get the other seven. So that's really where the RSP comes in play. The bigger the, the, bigger the, the income or the tax bracket, the bigger the refund. So you really have to take a look at that. So look at your, well, before you buy the RSP, look at your marginal tax rates and see where you are today and kind of, forward your life and say, when I retire, where would my marginal tax rate be? So to save a dollar in income tax, you got to put in $3 in an RSP. So the question is, do I buy all of RSPs or do I buy some RSPs and put some in the TFSA? You know, Chris, when I started in this business about 25, 30 years ago, the only thing we could do was an RSP, right? That's all we had to do was buy an RSP. You fast forward your life today. Well, now we have the TFSA. We have borrowing to invest. People can borrow money and invest it and write off the interest and get a big tax savings. We have for business owners, we have IPPs, PPPs. There's so many things that exist today that we didn't have, you know, 30 years ago. And that's why, like I say, people haven't changed. They're still doing the same old, same old, same old. And if you believe taxes are going to go down in the future, then load up on the RSP, go and buy as much as you can. Um, but if you think taxes are going to stay the same or go up, you better be mindful on what you do today because it have a serious impact on your life down the road, right? Um, and I think for most of us, this isn't uh, our first rodeo, and we've uh, seen taxes go up a lot. And even when they go down, they seem to find a way to go up. So on a long enough chart, taxes go up, but so do so does the market. So staying invested and finding a way to you know get the right balance mm-hmm. is sort of the another, trick. And like you're saying, there's so many more options available to us now. Right. And, and another thing people ask is, should I borrow money to to buy my RSP? So that's a loaded question because what happens is the idea with borrowing the money for your RSP is to take the refund and pay it back, right? And then pay back the loan over about a six to eight months period. But what do you do with your refund if you get one, Chris? What do you do with it? Buy something, right? You tend to buy something. You tend to, yeah. And maybe it's something that you need. Maybe it's okay. Well, I'm going to put this money into, you know, a Reno on the house, or you know, maybe you know, we we need a new air conditioner, or you know, what? Maybe maybe we need a new car, a nicer one, um, or or something like that. Or you know, that TV isn't 
quite as big as it could be. So, you know, not to demean some of the purchases that people make, but some of them are frivolous. Some of them, and even the ones that are, you know, the most valuable, they still don't pay things off. So if you were to borrow that money now, you're sitting there, yeah, sure, you bought something, um, you bought something with that refund, but you still owe that money for the money that you you borrowed. So you could have borrowed that money to buy whatever it is that you were going to buy anyway. And you got to make a bit of a calculation there to see if it was worth it. And I, I get your point. You got to make sure you're paying off that interest and you're paying off yeah. that loan if you're going to play that game. And, and then what happens is next RSP season comes, and guess what? You have the loan from the previous one plus one for this. So you're in that circle of, oh, my God, you're stressed. I don't know what to do. So, so before <laughs> you borrow, yeah, before you borrow to buy the RSP, Maybe you want to sit with your advisor and say, you know what, maybe I'm not going to buy so much RSPs this year. Maybe I'll pay a little bit of the tax today and move on. You know, who shouldn't buy an RSP? Right? Who do you think shouldn't buy an RSP? I'm thinking, and, you know, I've done this show long enough to know, to have Mm -hmm. a bit of of an understanding and known the kinds of people who call in and tell us that they Mm -hmm. regret buying RSPs. And it tends to be, Teachers and other, you know, civil servants with really good pension, pension. plans, or anyone with a really yeah. good pension plan. But I, I, I tend to think of teachers in a situation like that. Yeah, like fire, firemen, you know, police officers, things like that. Shouldn't really buy too much RSPs outside of the plan because the RSPs are tax deferral. You got to pay it back one of these days. The other type of people who shouldn't buy an RSP are people whose income is less than say forty thousand dollars. Uh, they're typically people getting into the workforce, you know, maybe a student, something like that. So save all your RSP room until your income gets a bit higher and then buy the RSP. Who else shouldn't buy? Someone who has about three, four hundred thousand the RSP today should really look at maybe not buying an RSP. And the reason for that is if your money doubles every eight to ten years, like I said, a hundred years the markets go up 72% of the time. So you're doubling your money every eight to 10 years. Well, that 300,000 if you're 50 years, if you're 60 years old, is 600,000 when you're 70. You have to start riffing the money when you're 71. But mean taking it out. So think of the big tax jam you put yourself into and there's nothing you can do. So if you speak to a typical 70 year old guy, person, one of the things they're probably mad at is buying so much RSPs because they invested wisely, their money made them money, and now you got a big problem. So what do you do, right? So when you think you have $500,000 in your RSP, you really only have 250,000 because the other half belongs to the tax man. So we never really had to think about these things, you know, uh, um, before. So really sit down with the advisor and plan out what you do. They did a study and they found that the average 50-year-old guy, person has about 110000 in their RSP, right? So if that doubles every 10 years, you know, when you're 60, it's 220. When you're 70, it's 440. You're getting into that problem. That's without adding any more RSP money. And most likely you will by the time you're 50 to, you know, 65. So really consider a lot of these things that we never had, we never had to. In fact, some people might want to start accumulating their RSP because they got too much. 
And those are some of the problems that we, that we face. The RSP is a good thing if you use it properly. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it does help you save money and so on. But you really have to be diligent about how you do it, right? And I think so many of us, Kelvin, think, well, I'm doing the right thing. You know, like me, I'm putting in automatic payments every month or whatever it is into my RSP. So I'm buying it. I'm not thinking about it. And I'm you know, forced to save in that way. But at some point, that autopilot isn't gonna isn't gonna bode well for you because you gotta you know, stop and think a little bit and have a good uh, financial advisor on your team in in your corner to help you navigate. Well, what what am I going to do when I turn off this autopilot? When should I turn off this autopilot? Right. And what should I do with this RSP? Because that's a uh, you don't want to sort of uh, you know autopilot your way, way into a mountain. There's there's um, there's a there's a certain method to it, and I think there's a certain you know um, diligence to making sure that you're making those regular contributions. But then at some point you may overdo it, and you, you how do you know when to to pull the shoot on that? You need to have someone like Kelvin in your corner. Well, most people, like I say, still treat the RSP as a pure tax deduction, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to get over that, right? Um, what you should do is the first step is to calculate how much money you need to save when you, re- when you retire, right? That's the very first step you do. Then, you know, see if using the RSP will be more tax efficient than a tax-free savings account. So the motto is to live your money life backwards and live your life forward. So figure out what do I need? What's my taxes going to be? Maybe you want to buy a spousal RSP if one of the spouse's income is low and your income is high, you buy the RSP, you're the contributor, and the, and the spouse with the lower income is the owner. There's the teeter-totter um, way. Right. So always give it some thought. Listen, if my job was to sell you RSPs, what do you think I'm going to sell you? Actually, if my job was to sell you, Chris, to sell you pencils, what do you, even if you don't need them, I'm going to sell you a whole bunch, right? <laughs> you can sell it, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so think about the RSP. If I'm a bank, not a big bank, my job is to sell you as much RSPs as I can before March 1st. So what do you think I'm going to do? Well, you're going to buy RSPs. I don't care what you do, right? So really sit and think about it, about uh, where you are. Now, you only have a few days to think about it, but sit down with your advisor or give us a call, go on my website, book a half an hour meeting, whatever, and see if it's right for you. You know, I'm starting to see people doing half-half, buying half, you know, if I've got 10000 bucks to buy an RSP, I'm going to put five in a TFSA and five in an RSP. Pay me a little bit about the tax that I would have saved if I put the whole 10000 Manage my TFSA better so I can make back the tax that I would have paid in the RSP, you know, if I had bought all RSPs. Interesting. And, you know, it's important to have someone like Kelvin, the money guy in your corner to help you navigate some of these things. And like you said, you know, the term or the phrase or the uh, figure of speech that I always think about is the uh, the idea that uh, for a man with a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. So if all you're selling are RSPs, that's what you're going to be shilling out to, to the public. And yeah. you know what? They're not bad things, but it's not the only thing. And I think right. that that's what Kelvin wants to, uh, get, to get uh, through to you here is that 
it's not the only option. And so maybe it's right for you. Maybe a certain balance is right for you. We'll talk more about TFSAs and how they work and how you should balance uh, your RSPs and TFSAs. As a new father, I'm also going to ask a little bit about RESPs because that's something that uh, I'm a little bit interested in. All of a sudden, I'm looking at these kids, thinking about how much it costs to put <laughs> kids through school. I got twins. How am I going to put that? How am I, how am I going to put them both through school at the, at the same time? That's something that I got to think about. And I think a lot of us have to think about as well. So I'll be asking about that on the other side of the break. You can always reach out to Kelvin by visiting his website, askkelvin.ca. That's ask K E L V I N.ca. And you can click on the schedule a call link. You pick a time and a date of your choosing and uh, try and get one in before Tuesday so you can figure out the balance that you need for RSPs and TFSAs and uh, where you should be set up going forward for the uh, next year and uh, planning your retirement. Again, askkelvin.ca. That's askkelvin.ca. A whole lot more of your life, your money, continuing here on 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to Your Life, Your Money here on 640 Toronto. I'm Chris Creston, joined as always by Kelvin, the money guy. Don't forget, you can visit his website, askkelvin.ca. That's ask, K-E-L-V-I-N.ca. And you can give him a ring if you want to pick up the phone and give him a call, 416-457-7526. That's 416 416- Four five seven plan, and you know, one of the things that I hate is playing telephone tag with someone. So the Kelvin website where you can schedule a call. You pick a time and date of your choosing, and you've got a half an hour chat with Kelvin booked. You've got him, you know, talking about in the last break. RSPs are great, but they're not the only thing out there. So you've got other options. You've got to sort of work out your balance and uh, TFSAs have been a, a really great improvement on our ability to invest. But I think, Calvin, still a lot of people don't like people don't necessarily understand RSPs. <laughs> so no, TFSAs don't. are relatively new by comparison. So we're, it's just another thing for us to not understand. Right. The, so the TFSA really, you know, Chris, is an upside down RSP. When you get a tax break going in the RSP and you pay back the tax down the road, one the tax-free savings is really going to surpass the RSP, I think, you know. The TFSA, the average person has about 25000 in their TFSA. And it seems to be growing by 8% every year and getting higher. So it looks like we're changing our, the way we think about saving money, about saving taxes, about things like that. It just seems to be maybe the message is getting across to people that I really need to sit down with my advisor and restructure or really think about how I'm doing these things, right? So um, I, I would say with being the deadline on March 1st, you really don't have a lot of thinking to do. Um, you know, like I say, you had 14 months to buy the RSP, but we wait till the last day, but that's okay. That's, that's human nature, right? Um, just be mindful about how much you buy, right? And like I was saying before, you know, sometimes they encourage you to borrow money, borrow money. Well, if you're borrowing the money at, uh, say, 4% and you're putting in a GIC and making 2%, well, you better not do it, right? Because it's not worth it. 
So we really need to yeah, sit outside. Yeah, you'd be better off uh, buying some magic beans in that situation, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So sometimes we need to think outside the box. And I think that's where, I think I know that's where a financial advisor really makes the difference in what you do. And if you have one, please give them a call and sit down with them and figure out, you know, what's right for you. Because what's right for you might not be right for me. So those are the kind of thinking that we need to do. And if you do so properly, you will do very well in your money life, right? So the world's changed, but people haven't changed or some haven't changed yet. If you're in your 50s, late 50s, you better be mindful about what you have, the growth that you're getting on the RSP, and what's the tax implication when I start to take it out. I think those are the two big takeaways, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I think that that's... Something that, like I mentioned before, when you're on autopilot, when you're younger and you're just sort of putting your money away and then you reach the end of the, the road on that and you start thinking, well, gee, what did, what what was I doing with all that money in the RSP? I just borrowed that, that, that young version of Chris borrowed a whole lot of money from the old version of Chris and now it's yeah. time to pay it back. I, I don't understand uh, how, how that's going to work yet. The old guy's still the one who has to pay it back. So it doesn't seem like a fair transaction. That's why I think that the TFSA makes so much sense, not as an alternative to an RSP, but definitely as a part of the ba the balance in all of that. Now, the other thing that exists is the RESP. Now, that's uh, something that I'm thinking about a little bit more, and I mm. think a lot of parents think about. I'm only thinking about it now because I'm a first-time yeah, new okay. parent, and yeah. uh, it's something that I couldn't have bought, and maybe, maybe I could have bought it for my nephews, but I'm not that nice of an uncle. But <laughs> what is that? <laughs> What what goes into the RESP, and is that something that I don't even know? Is there a deadline for that? Um, I'm no, like a, I am completely ignorant on that on that front. You you could put up to fifty thousand in your in your RESP. So the RESP is you put in about you put in twenty five hundred. The government gives you a grant of four hundred dollars. You buy a family RESP. So what happens if one child won't go, the other child goes? You transfer it. But like the RRSP, the RESP, you have to do some thinking also. Because if you're in a 40% tax bracket, you might not want to buy the RESP. You might want to borrow whatever $2,500 could carry. Because the interest on the money is now tax deductible. So it's the same $2,500, but now you're getting a tax deduction. And if you're in a 40% tax bracket, you're getting an $800 tax savings rather than a $400 grant. You take the $800 and put it into an RESP, and now you're getting 20% on that. So you're actually getting $960 from the government. Meanwhile, your money is growing for the child. Money doubles every 8, 10 years. You know, if you borrow 40000 it's 80 in 10 years. It's 160 in 20 years. They're ready to go to school. So like the RSP, you have to think about the RESP. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe there's something better you can do. So, like I say, this whole world of money has really changed. It's very complex. And I don't know how people that manage their own money see through all of these things. So it's so important to sit well, here. Well, they probably time. don't. And, you know, you miss a lot of opportunities and you, and you end up spending more money or not making as much as you could because I would have never thought about that. I would have never yeah. – it, it would have never even occurred to me. And I think that that's why, you know, it's important to have – someone like yourself, Kelvin, in your corner to help you navigate some of these things and think about some of these tricks 
and think about some of these ways that you can you mm-hmm. know, maximize your tax savings and maximize your investment that because you know, education's expensive. Every, everything's expensive and getting more expensive well, and it's going to be a, a bigger burden for a lot of people moving forward. Well, it costs about 200, and you might not want to listen to this part, Chris, but it costs about 250,000 <laughs> to raise a kid. <laughs> so <laughs> you got, I got twins. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> is there a diminishing return on that? I don't know. <laughs> Well, it's your kid, so it's a good investment. You invest in your kid. Good. That's the best investment you can do. So I wouldn't worry too much, right? And you know, Kelvin, when you do think about RESPs, is that something that you know, I mentioned that I, if I were a better uncle, I would have bought some for my uh, my nephews or something like that? Is that something that you can gift? Is that something that a, a grandparent can get for their kids? Yeah, sometimes, many times, it's what the grandparents do for their for the grandkids is to buy an RESP or give them a thousand bucks to put in there. But that kind of thinking really has to think also, because remember to pay, when I went to university, it cost me 400 bucks a semester. Right now. Well, mm-hmm. I Brittany, my daughter just, you know, she years ago went and I know how much it cost. It didn't cost that it cost 10 times. That. <laughs> so the RESP, although it's a good thing, might not be the best thing for you because it's only going to give you so much money to go to school. So look for alternative. Always look, you know, don't be one of these should have, could have person. Always explore different avenues on how to do things. You know, don't worry so much about the stock markets. The markets are going to go up and down, up and down. You stay in a nice balanced fund and look for other things for tax planning. Am I getting where I want to get to? Is my life better? In the lot, you know, in the next five, ten, fifteen years. So reach out to your advisor if you don't have one. Call me. The deadline is for RSPs for March is on Tuesday. Sit down and think about it. Do you need to buy one or not buy one? And in the final seconds, just a, another thought, Kelvin, on the uncertainty that we're seeing in Ukraine and how that affects the markets. If you have maybe ten seconds on that. Mm-hmm. So no one can predict. Uh, with certainty how the financial markets are going to react um, to, you know, to war or conflict. The one thing that we do know is, is uh, have a clear vision of where you're going, have a long-term view, and that's your best ally to compact these, to, you know, to, to contrast what's happening in today's world. So, And a good we'll, ally we'll to have is a good financial advisor and that is why it's important to have someone like kelvin in your corner if you've got a financial advisor give them a call if not if you or if you just need a second opinion call kelvin the number to call kelvin is 416-457-7526 that's 416-457-PLAN and don't forget you can schedule a call with them at askkelvin.ca that's ask k-e-l-v-i-n Kelvin, thanks a lot for another great Sunday morning. And uh, to everyone out there, thank you for listening and stay tuned to 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.